Hey, welcome back to the Top Pros Podcast, where we actually unlock the shocking secrets of the top 1% in real estate. I'm your host, Sean Channels, and I'm excited to bring you the insights and the inspirations from some of the most successful real estate professionals throughout the United States. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Top Agent Podcast, where we interview and showcase the top 1% of real estate agents throughout the United States. Um, today, I'm really super excited to actually introduce a good friend of mine. He's probably one of my, you know, the, the only way I can explain it is he's like my real estate family. When I first start, started in the business, um, I met this guy. He was a coach. He was a mentor. He was starting a new K, at the KW um, Market Center. And, you know, and the, the interesting thing is out of all that going on, he was the first guy to pick up the phone and say, hey, can I help you? What do you need? What's going on? Is there something I could do for you? So, you know, I'm, I am super excited to introduce you to Ron Wexler and the Wexler Group. You guys are in Illinois. Hey, Ron, you know, before we go down too far, just so we're, we're all, everybody's clear, this is sponsored by uh, U.S. Bank. We're the fifth largest bank in the United States with all the banking going on right now. Uh, we are super solvent. Uh, we're super conservative and we actually write home loans for people. Um, and I would say, you know, I don't just write mortgages. I actually bring 30 years of experience, plus great rates, great service, and we're, and we're belly-to-belly people. We like to do business with people like us. So, Ron, you know, welcome to the game. Um, I was so excited that you actually said, hey, I'll do the interview with you. First of all, give us a little background on who Ron is, how you ended up in the business. Well, I, you know, I love when you said, uh, you know, when we had our little pre, pre-show conversation, and you mentioned that I can't believe how long you've been in the business, almost as long as me or right. whatever. <laughs> you know, you know what somebody told me, by the way, they said, if it's more than 20 years, just tell them a long time. Don't, don't give yeah, them. Just tell them a while. I, I know it's funny. You know, I'm sitting in classes now. Right. Yep. And it used to be, they said, Oh, let's just figure out who's here. And I would always be one of the youngest in the class. Now I'm like the dinosaur in a class. It cracks yeah, me yeah. Up, right? So, yeah. uh, but no, so I've been in real estate uh, since 1984. So I'll just say it. Wow. And uh, love, love I, I still like it every day. I still love coming to work every day. I don't have the same job necessarily I did, you know, when I was 24 years old, but uh, it's, it's a great business and just really happy. have got the really pe- meeting people like you. And I love that you call us your real estate family because we really are. I always say like, I, I don't have that many people I hang out with at home, but I could go to any city in the country and yep. I have someone like you that I could go hang out with and play with. Sure. And, Right. I mean, it's kind of crazy. Absolutely. And we all speak the same language and we definitely don't speak. You know, it's a language that nobody else really speaks unless you were trained by the same people we were. Yeah, and yeah it's true. So, you know, right now I have uh, and I'm an investor in several KW market centers, uh, leader, official leader of one at this point. Uh, so let's, but, let's, let's go back for one second, because right. this is going to be targeting both the consumer and the real estate agent. So what is a oh, market? Okay. All right. So, what, yeah, so, so from the consumer standpoint, somebody who, so, for somebody so Mar- who market center is a Keller Williams real estate office. Um, okay. So I was an agent and my only focus was finding people I could serve and doing a great job with buyers and sellers, you know, just making sure they, you know, real estate's really stressful, right? Like from a buyer or a seller standpoint, it, I think on the stress scale, it goes like death of a loved one, divorce, and a tie for third place is selling and yep. uh, losing your public job. Speaking. Public speaking. Yeah, right. Public speaking is probably way up there too. And so I I think uh, my focus really was always just like, I want to be the stress reliever in the transaction, right? So there's this tornado going on. We're the calm in the storm. We want to sit in the middle of the storm in a chair, speaking calmly to our client while the uh, storm rages around us. And that's always been the way I saw it. Actually, you know, Joplin, Missouri and Illinois and you guys literally were praying for you. 
because yeah. there was a few times there where you, you know, entire cities got decimated. Yeah, well, Joplin really got beat up and a couple of the uh, outer suburbs here got hit a couple of times. And, yep. you know, that's just life, right? We've all been through so much the last few years with, uh, you know, COVID and business and interest rates and I, you know, so you've seen, it, you've seen the you've seen the business from from 84 to now and sure. like you know i do these interviews and sometimes i talk to people who have been in the business since 2016 and they say oh you don't understand how great it is and i'm like you've never been in a down market you don't really understand that market we've only got straight up since you got your license yeah. which is fine but you know it's something to prepare for um in your you know well let's go back for one step and say like what is your are you the or what is your structure of your group or your team? Like if somebody, if somebody was to work with your team and to work with the, you know, the, the Wexler group, right. what does that look like for a buyer and what does it look like for a seller? So uh, basically the way our team works is we're, we're all in it together. It's myself and my partner, Tammy, are the owners of the team. And then we have buyer's agents whose only job in the world is finding people a perfect home. We have listing agents whose only job in the world is helping people pick the right price and negotiate nice. the best price they can be happy with. And then we have uh, an admin team, a really strong admin team, who really their job is to deal with the appraisers, surveyors, title people, mortgage people, uh, insurance people, inspectors. So let me recap that. You have a Martha Stewart that takes people around, shows them houses. Then you have Jim Cramer who does the numbers. Is that right? Pretty much. Right? <laughs> Pretty much. And then we've and got someone whose only job is just following up with people until they're ready to actually do something. Because, you know, I'm sure you know this right now. People start looking anywhere from like really nine to 18 months before they actually act or do it. How many, I'm curious, when we were first trained, right? You'd probably agree with me. It was five to seven times we were told that you had to follow up with somebody. And then that went to yeah. like seven to 10 or 12. What's that number now, do you think, before somebody will engage with you? Well, I, I don't know if it's when they engage, it's just when they're ready to do something. And they people are pretty good about engaging before that too. You know, as far as for agents, I think I my... I don't know how I'd call it secret, but what I always did was whatever people said, I just cut it in half. Cut it in half. Right. That's what we yeah. were. So if you, if you said, we're going to move a year from now, I called you six months six from months. now yeah. and just said, Hey, you know, I just want to check in. Is that still going to be another six months? Is there anything that's changed? Is there anything I can help you with in the meantime? Cause you know, a lot of times just keeping people, what I found that's really fun is when you nurture the relationship up until they're ready to actually buy something, people really like that because you help them learn the market. Oh my God. Right. You're, you're telling them what's going on in the market, what's going on with interest rates, what's going on, what attorney should we be talking to? You know, and you get them kind of set up over that, you know, three to six months before they're ready to act. And I always said that you get all the drama out of the way because that way, when it's time to actually buy, they can just be in their emotions and have fun with it. Well, you know, we talk about the Red Book and you work obviously with Gary Keller and Keller Williams. You were one of the, you know, frontier guys in that at that at that time. I remember um, 25 years ago and in the Red Book, it's changed a little bit the mindset of it. But it used to be the people you knew and the people you didn't know. And now there's people that that, you know, and people that should know you. Right. Or however you want to put that. Yeah. The question, and you know, what's funny is what you just got done saying, though, is, is that you're taking somebody from somebody you didn't know. And over that period of time, you're really trying to push them into that other bucket so that they do recognize your name and your phone number. So when they are ready to do something, it's a layup. Right. So, and I don't remember the exact numbers, but I thought it was like a hundred to one on people you didn't know and people that you did know, it's like 35 to one or something. Something like that. Is that about yeah. right? I mean, yeah. The bottom line is as soon as you meet them, they should be able to move into your Mets. Bucket, That's right. 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 But what most people do is, 
I'm not going to say most people, a lot of agents are so stuck in the urgent immediate now that they don't really nurture the relationship until people are ready to act. Yeah, and people, like to, date, people like to date you before they got married. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know. we, we just, like, our thing is, it's not our time frame. Yeah, it's yours, right? Like, whatever your timeline is, whatever time you want to take, if you want to go buy a house tomorrow, we will drop everything and every one of us will go work to find sure. you a house tomorrow. <laughs> if you want to buy one in six months, then we'll do it in six you're, months. You're going you're gonna to appreciate this. Do you remember when we were all doing NLP, right, with, with Matthew, sure. right? All I remember is getting on the, when it was the four-way call, right? It was me, it was me, Dan, Denise Swick, and I forget who else. Um, and it was Larry, Larry Zacks, who's still in the business in North, North, North New York, and somebody else. And I remember Matthew getting on the phone with me and going, Jesus, Sean, you know, we're not cavemen anymore. You don't just grab them by the hair and drag them in the cave. You got to have a little foreplay once in a while, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, I, and I, you know, and I still like, you know, I think about those conversations and I'm, I'm very thankful, very blessed that, you know, we were trained like that because, you know, we survived the, the craziest, craziest real estate market. Yeah, we sure have. And um, so let me ask you this, you, you now, now you're, you, you have sellers and you have, um, you know, inventories that are down probably, you know, 75% of what we normally would have. You have interest rates just went up a quarter of a percent at two o'clock today. Um, and we feel as though the market's going to, you know, the, the rates are going to probably stay steady for a little while. What happens to the market and what happens with your buyers or your seller? Like right now, are you guys experiencing bidding wars with your sellers? In, uh, so it's not as insane as it was, of course, okay. you know, where we would put a house on the market and, you know, nobody's allowed later. to. Yeah. Like, well, what we were doing is just having nobody was allowed to write it. Well, you could write an offer, but we weren't reviewing any offers, you know, right. for three days or five days or whatever. Right. Whatever that so, was. We'd have 20 offers, 35 offers. You know, it's not like the East Coast or West Coast where they had 60 offers, but it was still pretty yeah, fun. But, you know, we're yeah. the Midwest. We're a little behind. And so now it's down to if you're still, if you're priced right and, you know, you can't, you couldn't add a lot to what your house was worth in December, you know, right. now you're in March, right? So, you know, you've got to kind of know that the market's flattened out a little bit. And so now we're just, you know, encouraging people to price realistically and we're still getting four or five offers when we list a property. Right. So, so, so you're still nuts. That, so you're getting that you're getting back to almost normal, like, you know, 2015, 2014 numbers. Yeah. Um, and now, so you, so now you bring that person through a transition period. And if I'm a customer, if I'm a customer that is on the sales side, I'm assuming that I could hand it off to a marketing, uh, uh, like a listing age, a listing, a listing processor or somebody who manages sure. that relationship on the way to my closing. Is that right? Yeah. So when we list the property, we have a listing specialist. And again, her only job is making sure every week, once a week, you hear from us just to give you an update of what's going on in the market. Okay. Every time we get a showing, we chase the agent down and we send them, you know, the seller, the feedback right away, yep. uh, pretty instantaneous. And then once it goes under contract, then it goes to our closing coordinator. And again, her job is, I, I think I always say that she has the hardest job because she, has she absolutely does everybody and everything and just make sure that everyone's doing their job. She's kind of the quarterback of the whole situation. And we've always been fanatical about having really great people in that role so that our sellers would be. That's a great book, by the buyers way. are taken care of. Fanatical. What is it called? Uh, fanatical. It's a great book. I can't think of the name of it. Um, but uh, you know, what's funny is too, is um, I asked this question to, um, you'll know that you'll yeah, well, actually know them. Guy's name is Rob Skeels and he works for some maniac in New Jersey called Jeffrey Clinton. 
who's a longtime friend of ours and also part of our real estate family for 25 years. And I said to his listing specialist, because we interviewed his buyer specialist, then we interviewed the, the listing specialist. And I said, Rob, how, uh, um, how, many, uh, how many price reductions have you done in the past uh, 10 years? And he goes, what's that? <laughs> you know, and, and now they're starting to see price changes. Now, bear in mind, they're in a resort market, so it's a little bit different. Are you seeing price changes or not? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, again, we, you know, you're on this quest, right, to get the house sold and not to leave one penny on the table. That's right. That your yeah. seller could have in his pocket. Right. Right. So when you're on the, on the seller side. So, you know, you're on that quest. And so when the market seemed to be slowing down, but not completely, we kept listing a little higher and a little higher and a little higher. And now we're right. just getting very realistic with people. And right. Now you're looking at the actual numbers. Yeah. You got to price it like you, you, you got to, you know, what we used to do, which is you got to nail it so that it's still really attractive to buyers. Right. right. So now let's let's shift gears. Now I come in, my, my wife and I, you guys call me and you say, hey, I need to get Mary Jo approved. I get her approved. And she has a regular pre-approval letter, not a conditional. Like we do two things. We do we do a, a pre a pre-approval letter where she fills out her application. We look at her credit and she's good to go. Then we have something when people were getting caught in bidding wars and we have people bidding on cash and everything else. What our company started doing is what they call conditional approvals where we're basically underwriting the borrower. So they're fully committed. And the only thing it's subject to, it's a conditional approval subject to them finding a house and that house appraising. And with that, we can close in like seven to 10 days. Yeah, nice. So let's just say that we give you pre-approval right? Not, not conditionally approved, not shopping with cash. How do you set that borrower up for success? Or how do you set up the, the buyer up in your case, that buyer up for success so that they have the highest probability of getting accepted offer as soon as possible? Well, I think it's interesting. One of the things we've been doing the last, really last five years is preparing people to not necessarily win. Okay. That, that our, our thing has always been, yes, it's okay if you pay a lot for a house, but you know, there's a lot plus and unless you're really extremely wealthy, it's probably not a good idea to play, pay right. like exactly. a, a really crazy bidding number. So sometimes we would just say to people, it might take you two or three houses. You're going to have to fall in love several times before you get married, right. Right? right? And so we kind of just set up people to understand that. And then we do, we get an approval like what you're talking about. Some is, you know, you get cash or as close to cash as you can show up with. Yep. And you write the best possible offer you can. And, you know, honestly, one of the things that we've found, it's been very interesting, is, you know, a lot of agents, they'll show the property, write the offer, and email it over. And it's just Why kind of nuts that they don't call and have a conversation with the listing agent and, you know, try and kind of make their case, right? Like, we just had one where we actually, we won out, our client got the house over a buyer who had bid like eight or $9,000 more because wow. we had the relationship with the listing agent and the listing agent, you know, when he came back and told us what, you know, how it all went down, sure. he said, I literally just said to him, I know I've had deals with the Wexler group and I know it'll close. I don't necessarily know this other guy. I'm sure it'll be okay, maybe, but maybe we're better off just going with, you know, with the person we know, because you guys want to make this move, blah, blah, you know, whatever they said. It's, it's so funny. You're saying that when, when I first moved into the mortgage space and as we, you know, you knew I was on the real estate side for, you know, for 25 years yeah, and I have time. relationships with realtors all over the Northeast. Um, the first thing that happened, which I was a little insulted about was somebody called me and said, is this your son? I said, no, I have two daughters. And I and they go, well, your name's on the bottom. I go, yeah, I retired from real estate, you know, and I was like, oh boy. And then, the, but the second thing that, you know, what I did was, and I just did it instinctively. 
Ron calls me up and says, hey, I need a pre-approval for this person. I'm making an offer. I said, okay, great. Give me the address. I give them the address. I send out the pre-approval. And then I, right behind the pre-approval, I call the listing agent. I go, hey, I just want to let you know I'm working with Ron. I've done transactions with him. He is super, he is super solid. The borrower is already approved. We're ready to go. And by the way, with Ron's group, you know, I'm not sure if you're aware of this. Most agencies have a 38% cancellation rate. With Ron, it's more like five. And he does 10 times the amount of transactions that everybody else is doing. Yeah. And what's great is you'll never talk to him unless you need to, because he has people in place that are just going to handle your communication with them directly. And I'm going to follow up you every week, like green on a pickle, just to make sure that everything's going good. And if there's something going sideways, so, I'll make so sure as a lender, is a lender, you're on the side of that buyer and helping that agent present a great case to the seller to hopefully Absolutely. win the battle. What we're doing is doing this and we're based yeah. and then, and, and about, about a third of the time when I call, they pick up the phone before I could even say hi. Hey, Sean, because I'm in their phone from when I was a real estate agent, which is actually, which is actually even more unique. Um, yeah. So that's actually been helpful too. Um, let me ask you this is if, if you had to pick one thing, I, I actually know the answer to this, but um, I'm going to leave it as a secret. What's your superpower? <laughs> I, you're, I don't know if this is probably not going to be the answer you expect. I think it's I'm really good at fixing everything after I screw it all up. It is in line with what I thought. I wrote, okay. that, I wrote down. I'll tell you after, but go ahead. All right. I'm, I'm not afraid to you know, I'm, I'm very education-based. That's what made me fall in love with Keller Williams. I like to learn new things. I like to get better at what I do. I like to, you know, I always use like the Michael Jordan example, yep. you know, that he practiced harder than he played. So yep. I like to just be so good at what I do and have like provide such great service, to be just like beyond reproach for being the best around to do what our clients need us to do. So, and in that process, you make a lot of mistakes, just figuring things out. And I think a lot of people, they get devastated by the word no, or by not being an A student for everything they ever do. It's like, I don't mind starting out as a C student on the important things and working my way up to being an A student. It, it's sense. funny. You know what I wrote down here? I have, I have wrote it down in front of me is, and you're, you're really a confused person. You're an oxymoron, to be honest with you, because you're the, you're the analytical, but super human, you know, super you know, have, have high, like an extraordinarily high level of humility. And I, I remember being in mastermind groups and, and with you and, you know, asking the questions and going through the numbers and been sitting when you guys were going to open the market center and you were going through the numbers with Doris and being like, no, 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 this is that. And like, like almost like arguing to the point where it was like screaming and hollering, but you were just having a conversation. And I said to Doris, I go, are you sure you guys aren't from the Northeast? <laughs> you know, but, you know, but at the same time, you know, you were always like, the, you know, you were always super, super humble to the point where it was like, almost like, wow, I don't understand how, how do they, is it, is it because they're from Illinois or is it because that's just his nature? And I've come to, I've come to learn that it's a little bit of both. Yeah, uh, probably, probably from being a middle child. Yeah, that too. So here's the final question. I always ask the Jeopardy question. I take everything away from you. I give you a pencil, 500 bucks and a computer. And I drop you in the middle of like some other market. What's the three things you would tell an agent to do to get up to get up their business up and started and running? I would spend eight to ten hours a day just talking to people. Okay. 
It's a, like if I already know what I know now, okay. I'm assuming I'm not starting from not knowing anybody. But but, you're, but you don't know a market where you don't know anybody. So who would if you? If I go, if I went to a market first? where I didn't know anyone, or if I was a brand new agent just getting started, I would spend all of my time just finding people to serve. Okay. And that would be it. I would just go whether and you know it's funny if you, when you say drop me off. All right. Well, if I got off the airplane by the time I left the airport, I would have already made five contacts. Right. right. You would have talked to three you know, people. We were just at something in uh, where were we? Irvine. Yep. And I'm helping the Uber driver I had find a place in Atlanta right now. You know, like that to me, that's the that's the way I've always played the game. It's like find other right. people. And and I really, I don't know this, I don't know if I ever shared this with you, but I have this theory that there's eight billion people on the planet. So any human being that I come in contact with, there's there's a reason for it. Because sure. the odds are so against it. So either I'm supposed to help them, they're supposed to help me. Maybe I'm supposed to just leave them having that they had a great day because I said something that inspired them, or maybe I'm miserable and they're going to inspire me. I don't know what it is, but I really, I look with everyone I bump into for, it's like, you know, why is that guy working at the gas station right now taking my credit right. card? There's, There's divine intervention in some way, shape or form yeah. somewhere. So yeah. I think if you have that mindset in real estate, then, I mean, we do like my team cracks up all the time because I'm like, Hey, this, I was at Ace Hardware having some keys made and yeah. the two women working at the desk are going to sign up for our uh, free real estate school and uh, they want to get into the business. And there's, you know, two young women working behind the counter, making keys at Ace Harbor. So I think, you know, it, it's so, um, we have a friend in common um, and it's Rex, right? Um, Ren, I'm sorry, Ren. And, you know, from Vulcan, right? So I was working on something and I talked to Ren and he goes, you know, only 4% of the people out there will actually pick up the phone and call somebody. He goes, you know, I go, I go, there's 2 million realtors. So he goes, yeah, but we only have a market of about 800, 800 or 80,000 or something like that. And I go, 80,000, how is that possible? That's like a ridiculous number. He goes, well, only 4% of the people will actually pick up the phone. And I said, I mean, to contact somebody they don't know? He goes, no, even to pick up the phone and contact somebody they do know. Right. Like your family, your friend that, you know, just to say, hey, I got an opportunity for you. And I, I thought that, like, I found that dumbfounding just because we were trained you know, to be the to complete polar opposite, you know, and, and I'm sure you're in that same situation. When I go in and do training with, I, I went into training with the, um, the ALC in um, New Jersey and it would, they were talking about, and right before it, they had the, the team meeting came on from KW and they said, Hey, there's going to be 38% less houses being sold, blah, blah, blah. And part of the, part of the presentation that I was doing was how to double your business in 90 days. And I talked about the basics of, you'll remember this, Karen Bernardi, not, not Karen Bernardi, I apologize, Kathy Anderson. And I literally beat it into my brain was plan. Prospectly follow up appointments, negotiate. Prospectly follow up appointments. She goes, if you're not spending 80% of your time in, that, in those four things, don't, don't get up and go to work. Right. And what's interesting is we've been doing this for decades. All the things that have changed, that's one thing that hasn't changed. Well, you know, it's I, but I, here's what I had to learn launching real estate offices where my job before was just to go out and find business. And, right. We're selling houses, not people. I'm selling houses. I, I wasn't convincing agents to believe in themselves and go out and do their job, blah, blah. So when that changed and that started, we opened the first office like 18 years ago. I mean, it's been a yep. while. And when that, what changed for me in that 
was I realized that you don't teach everyone to do business the same way that worked for you. Because no. the people like us will pick up a I mean, I had that one year, I called 12,000 people, right? With right. We're like phones, the 1%, we're like the 1% the, of one. <laughs> yeah. So that's, so why would we teach people that that's the only way to do right. it? It's the only way for us to do it because it works for our personality right. and our behavioral style. So my, my biggest challenge has been sitting, like I'm sitting down with a group tomorrow and I'm going to show them how to dominate their neighborhood. Yeah. And, and it's not going to be that they can, they have to call everybody neighborhood 500 times. I mean, there's a whole different system for that. Yep. So I think that's a big part of it is us accepting as leaders that everybody is different. And what in what way can somebody still, and what you said is the core, they have to still talk to human beings, but maybe they don't right. have to do it over the phone or maybe they don't have to do right. it say, calling and saying, you know, I just listed a house over on Main Street as three bedrooms, two bedrooms. Right, two bedrooms. You know, right. So maybe it's just they're joining groups and in, in, within groups that they have passion for. And then yeah. within that group, they show up as a leader and that, you know, brings people to look to them, you know, for their it's, needs. It's, so it's I think so... that's the biggest challenge. It's been the funnest part for me because we were so dialed into doing it one specific way. And when I realized it's not the only, it's the only way that worked for us. It's not the only way to do sure. it. You know, interestingly enough, when you, as you're saying that, um, you know, as you know, I, you know, about two years ago, I got into the mortgage side of the business, but prior to that, I did, I got to a point where I was burnt out of doing real estate and I was doing a little soul searching and I was going to basically be, um, I was doing coaching on the side and I was, I was trained as a maps coach. And then when Diana stepped down, I said, you know what, this is just not the same uh, that it was when I was by the people I was trying to just didn't feel right. And I kind of moved on. But what's interesting is I started doing something called, um, you know, basically I started a podcast called, and I still, still do it. It's called billion dollar blind spots. And it's, and what it's, what it talks about is the billion dollar blind spot that lies dormant either within your business or your life, that if we just found that one little thing and turned it just a hair, it would explode your business. Sure. And what's interesting is um, I then did a summit with 25 of you know, like people you would recognize the names of, but the best of the best in the business, yeah. the Chris Hellers, the Mark, you know, Matt, you know, Matt Wagner, guys from like, guys from like Vulcan 7 who wrote the book for Vulcan 7, the guys from Wailopo, Howard, Howard Tagger, who's like, you know, Princeton grad, brilliant guy. Um, you know, what's in, what I found interesting about it was they had 25 different approaches to doing what we did with a telephone, but they were, yeah. one was doing it with technology. Another was doing it with texting. Another do it was doing it with voicemails. Another one was doing it by joining groups. Another one was doing it by using video. Somebody else was using like Indian smoke signals or whatever they were doing. But at the end of the day, it's the what, what was common among every one of them was, at least the successful ones, I should say, was the KPIs. And I know Keller, uh, Keller Williams has a great um, KPI I forget what you guys call that, but it's a, it's like a one pager and it's got the, the, the circles, right? And a KPI for people that don't know that is key, per, key performance indicators. And what we would call, you know, conversions, right? And how many, how many people you, how many people you communicate with, how many people accept that offer, which is usually 16% will listen to you out of a hundred. Right. And out of that 16%, four of those will actually make a decision in, tw in six months. And usually one to three will make a decision in the next like 30 days. Sure. You know? But having that matrix, if you will. So like you said, to like, well, let's, let me ask you this. What, what is the one, two or three uh, mode modalities, if you will, 
or methods that you're going to be using tomorrow when you do your class? So uh, what we're doing tomorrow is, well, I, I wrote out a whole thing, which is very unusual. Usually I just teach it, it, tell them to write it out. Right. <laughs> but no. So essentially what but we're going to talk do it in about your sleep. is, you know, you're going to love this, right? Focus. First, they're going to mm -hmm. decide on what, you know, again, what, what is their target? Yep. Is it going to be their kids' little league? Is it going to be their neighborhood? You know, if it's a geographic farm, is it a specific neighborhood, a specific town, whatever yep. that might be? The second step is going to be getting as much data on the people in that space as they can. And then they're going to decide which, you know, which method they're going to use to work with those people. So are they going to do it on the phone? Are they going to do it by mail? Are they going to do it by email? Are they going to do it by social groups? Are they going to do it by social media groups? Are they going to do it by creating something that attracts people from that neighborhood? Like each person's going to have to figure it out. And then we'll write a plan based on that thing and how they're going to do it so that they're talking. You know, it's really, here's what I thought was one go of back into the Go back into the numbers then. Right. It totally goes back to numbers. But what's great is, you know, when you read the Red Book originally, right, it was all based on the numbers. And it was all based on, uh, you know, picking something, being good at it, getting better at it, and that kind of thing, right? That hasn't changed one little bit. Right, and right. So, when that book was written, nobody, I don't think we even had email or computers yet. I'm trying to think if we had them. Oh, yet we or did, not. but it, yeah, I remember my cell phone was like it was tied to a car battery. Yeah. And it was actually a phone. It right. wasn't a camera. Right. It wasn't uh, right. an encyclopedia. It wasn't a library. It's so funny. So I just want to touch on something. And it, you brought it, you brought it to the forefront as you're talking about it. And, you know, it's an expression that I always say that the riches are in the niches, the niches, if you will. Um, and when, we did a summit where we interviewed, like I said, 25 people. And the reason why we did that was if you remember probably 15 or 20 years ago, you could easily, there was people that we knew that made a living on just scooping up. Like when the, when the cream floats to the top of the, of the coffee, they would just scoop up those handful of people. And just every year would do 10 or 15 people. They do 10 or 15 deals on accident. Well, now what the problem is, is that in the past probably 12 years, you know, those, you know, just like in the, the Chinese, the, the Chinese fishing trawlers started coming into, into American waters and they were taking fishing nets and just scooping up all the fish in one net and they sorted out later. Well, we had the, those companies that rhyme with pillow. We've had those, you know, those other companies that are just like them and they're just a giant fishing trawler scooping up all that. And then what they're doing is taking those, those fish and they're selling the leads back to, you know, Ron and his agents. And saying, hey, Ron, here, you know, we got this, we got this lead for you. And you're like, wait a minute, this came in on my listing. It's my, that's my house that I have listed. I went out, I, I stood on the end of the boat in the storm fishing, trying to catch the fish. And I brought it back and I threw it on the dock. And now you're going to sell me back the lead. What's that all about? So what we started, what we started doing is like, I've, I've been doing, um, and I could send it to you. We did a whole, we did a whole piece on the last, probably the last five or seven years of my career, 50% of it was probate and state. And, and really what happened was after 2008, uh, 2007 and eight, I went from, and you, I'm sure you experienced this. I went from eight, making $80,000 a month to eight overnight. My expenses though remained at 50,000 a month. Yeah, right. And I have one kid and one on the way. And I swore to God that I would never, ever be in, an, be in a situation where I let the economy dictate my business. Sure. And the way that I, the way that I fixed it was I went into the niche of um, probates and estates, because no matter what the market did, if the market went straight up, people jumped out the windows and their house went for sale. If the market went straight down, they killed themselves with drugs and they, their house went on the market. 
but however that however that panned out there was you know no matter what's going on there's going to be a certain amount of people that are going to pass away and there's going to be a certain amount of houses that are going to come to market and if you're the guy who controls it it's a good opportunity um so what's the one thing you want to leave everybody with that um they should know about the not only your team and by the way if you guys haven't figured it out Ron has been around longer than dirt. I hate to say it that way. He looks like he's 12, but he's really not. And you know what? He's just one of, he's just like, you know, you know, you know, salt of the earth kind of agent is what I call it. And he's family. If you, if you were to go out in his area, he'd be the first guy I would call. So um, Ron, where, how should they get in touch with you? Uh, so just call me 708-212-6000. That's my cell. Just but is that a, is that a telephone thing? Is that what, uh-huh. yeah, is that one of those things? It's in my pocket right now. Right. Uh, you can email me Ron at thewexergroup.com. Okay. And, uh, start anything. If there's any, I mean, I don't mind if somebody has a question about something we talked about. I'm glad and share any way I can. And then of course, if anybody has referrals for anywhere in Chicagoland, we cover. I was just going to say, so what markets, but I mean, you have relationships all over. Like we, we talked about this in the green room. You have relationships with all people all over the country. Yeah, and in, I mean, in your platform, you know, with K, K, uh, with KW, it's one of the best platforms out there as far as if people being educated and being Ron being able to figure out if that person he's referring, if he doesn't know that person, he can actually look at their numbers to find out who the right person is right. in that particular market and what they specialize yeah. in and make sure you so, get the surgeon. So anybody that needs help in Chicago, anywhere in Chicagoland, I've got it covered. And then anywhere out of Chicagoland, if they don't already have an agent somewhere and they just want a great agent. Yeah. And I, you know, I've got an incredible, like you're saying, a referral network people would kill to have, right? What if somebody was thinking about opening a market center or opening up a KW franchise? Can they reach out to you and call you? Yeah, I mean, I've launched six of them. So, I mean, it's- So you're probably one of the- Like I, I said, I've made every mistake. Them, but they've been, they've been, they've been successful. You have, how many do you still, of the six, how many do you still have? Uh, I, I have investments in four right now. Okay. Yeah. So, so that, by the way, that, that number is huge in comparison. I, I know plenty of people that opened up a bunch of them and are no longer in the business. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just at the point where I'm not effective or I don't, I'm not really making a difference there. You, you know, you get out of the way and let other people then you move on. So it, it's not a problem, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, real estate's a fun, if anybody's thinking about getting into real estate, I would highly recommend it. Uh, you have to not mind rejection and you have to not ever quit. <laughs> Right. I like, that's my favorite. People are always like, you know, what's your secret? I was like, I was just too dumb to quit. Like all the times I should have when everything was miserable. Like maybe also we went out and got a real job, you know, and I just kept, kept fighting the battle and kept learning and moving forward. Day one of coaching with um, Gordon Crawford or not Crawford, uh, Gordon Watson. Watson. Yeah. Gordon Watson is my business planning coach, which doesn't exist anymore. Right. Says to me, I'll never forget it. Says to me, Sean, what makes you want to get up and prospect? I go, Gordon, I'm looking out the window. My brother thinks I still work in construction and it's four degrees out and I'm not standing on a beam freezing yeah, there you go. and nobody can punch me over the phone. I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, I, it's funny. There was always this thing about, you know, do what you're passionate about, right? Like, you know, Absolutely. I, I, my, my last kid's 32 right now and he keeps talking about, well, I want to do something I'm passionate about. I'm like, no, no, go find something that you like and you're really great at and become passionate about it. Right. Like, right. You know, the passion, the passion come later. doesn't come. The action right. and the success right. comes first and the passion follows. Right. So. Well, you, you mentioned it before. You said Michael Jordan. I, I mean, we moved to from we moved one town over. And I, I, I still remember this about my oldest kid. She tried out. She got invited to try out for the club team in soccer. And she was pretty good. She wasn't great. Yeah. 
And all her friends that she, all the, her new friends that she met over the summer were part of this team. And she didn't make the team. And I remember her crying and the whole thing. And I remember I forced her to come home and, and she kept saying, dad, no, don't leave me alone. But no, just leave me alone. And I met her watch the Michael Jordan YouTube video that talked about where he didn't, he got cut from his, yeah. you know, his freshman year of basketball. Sure. And sure enough, she did the Michael Jordan the next, that summer she practiced, trained, practiced, trained. She made the team. She's now the, she's now the captain, you know, and, and, you know, so good it's, job, good job you know, dad. Exactly. You know, it, but it, I think that, um, different generations have different approaches to doing things, but the one thing that remains the same is I reached out to Ron. I haven't talked to him in probably a year or two. And he said, yeah, sure. Love to do that. I mean, that's when I say real estate family, that's what I mean by that. Um, you're a pleasure. Um, I just want to put a, a big shout out there to say thank you to U.S. Home, US Bank Home Mortgage. Uh, again, we don't just write loans. Um, we're bringing 30 years of experience, great products, great service. And we're the, like I said, I said to Ron, we're the Jimmy Stewart Bank from It's a Wonderful Life. We're, we're not brokering the money. We're giving you, we're giving you our depositors money and we're doing it conservatively, by the way. <laughs> so if you need yeah, anything. It's fun that in the banking business right now, you have to say we're one of the solvent banks before you go right. any further. We are one of the conservative banks just right out, <laughs> right out of It's a Wonderful Life. I love it. Well, Ron, I enjoyed this. Over. If anybody, you know, again, if you have any questions, Ron at thewexergroup.com, just send me a message. I'll be glad to help you out any way I can. And uh, good luck in your new world there. It's going to be a lot Thank of fun, you, sir. You're a wealth of knowledge, brother. All right. Take care. We'll see you later. Thanks. Bye, everybody. Bye. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Top Pros Podcast. If you want to find out more about Sean Chalice and what we do for people and how we can help you, please go to seanchalice.com. Again, that's seanchalice.com. Book a free call. We'll have a conversation belly to belly, and we'll see how we can help. Thanks for listening. See you on the other side.